0: Hey everybody, welcome to Darisha's podcast, Elite Mastery. I created this um, series of podcasts because I felt that um, there's lots of information out there to inspire and motivate individuals like myself and people that I work with uh, throughout the year and all the speeches and talks that I do. So throughout the month and throughout the year, I'll be interviewing people who are experts in their fields and I consider them as masters. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to welcome Neha Sahani uh, to our podcast. I pronounced your name correctly. Yes, you have. Absolutely correctly or a little bit?
1: A little bit correctly, no, but, t- but you How is it
0: pronounced absolutely correctly?
1: Neha Sahani.
0: Neha Sahani. You got it. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I'm called uh, Daryush, but everybody calls me Darwish. Dar-yush. And kind of Daryush, perfect, yeah. right? But Arabic people call it Darwish. Mm. right and, I, and, I, and it bothers me so I apologize for uh, not pronouncing your name correctly. that's okay um, wonderful young lady extremely smart and um, I like to learn a lot from you in this podcast and I, I like our viewers to learn a lot from you um, please tell us a little about yourself where you originate from how long you've been in Dubai um, and what brought you to where we are today
1: Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm honored and humbled, and I hope that today's conversation goes well and brings value to you as well as the listeners.
0: Love to listen to you, Thank so, you
1: so um, much. To give you a little bit of background, I am a biomedical engineer by academic uh, background, and I have 10 years of experience working in the healthcare industry in the United States and Canada, uh, always working on large global projects. Uh, the first six years were in the product development side making uh big brands uh skincare brands and i'm not sure if i can take names of those brands yeah, on this you market.
0: can i used to be in a, a healthcare industry well beauty salons and health clubs for f- 17 years oh fantastic in the UK.
1: fantastic which which brand so i actually uh physically made man- manufactured products uh, like neutrogena clean and clear wow. rock which is anti-aging so uh, you were in the
0: laboratory it- with a white
1: That's right, with my goggles, and and I was also then going to manufacturing plants uh, and working with the manufacturers to create the whole scale-up process and package, test, and launch it all the way to the end. Animal testing? No, no animal testing. There was no animal testing? No animal testing. Are Are you sure? 100% No
0: monkeys died under your arms? Nobody.
1: (laughs) None of those products are animal tested, no. Uh, Is it
0: necessary for animal testing? Is it really necessary for things like hairspray? and?
1: I don't know about hairspray. I've never worked with those kind of products. Neither uh, have I. As you yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, I've only worked on skincare, to be honest. Okay. And so it's not
0: necessary to use animals. Uh, no, it's not. So it must have been just cheaper.
1: Um, you know to be honest I think that that was happening several decades ago I think most brands today are very conscientious uh, in terms of the chemicals that are being used in terms of the technologies that are being used not just to make the product but also to package it and manufacture it um, all the way down to the consumer because now consumers as we were talking Millennials and uh, are very aware and
0: conscious of animal testing Organic, for instance. Yes,
1: yes. And I think that's where our world is heading. We're heading into a more conscientious, sustainable future. And the audiences and the customers today want to make sure that the products and services they use and consume have a foresight into uh, making sure that our ecosystem is being taken into consideration. And it's not just a one-time use-and-throw approach.
0: Thank you. So yep. s- uh, somebody would come to you and say, we need a new cleanser. Mm-hmm. How do you go by creating a new cleanser? I'll explain to you why. I was mm-hmm. in that industry and I, I introduced some glycolic products, mm-hmm. glycolic skincare, and I'm, I'm not going to mention names, but this gentleman, he was a doctor, um, and he came and said, look, when you actually um, have a pH, you neutralize mm-hmm. a glycolic acid, it's just salt and water you put it on your skin. Is that correct?
1: Um, I, I don't know the exact the glycolic chemistry. The Yeah.
0: So he was saying the more acidic it is, yes. the actually more exfoliation you get on your skin. Is that correct? Uh,
1: so every formulation has a degree of water and, and salts and salts okay. can be of many uh, chemical composition. Yes. Um, so yes, in those products you will have water and a variety of salts to activate glycolic acid, But but glycolic acid in itself is a compound. It's, it's a okay, So acid. you
0: need the salt to activate the acid. Yes, oh. yes.
1: Yeah. I mean that's definitely one kind of
0: I was thinking the product. Is what happens when you mix the acid and al- alkaline together. You get salt and water. You
1: get salt and water, yeah. So but your your skin you also just has
0: oh, no please, please <laughs> educate me because I, I, I think last time was in the skin camera, was twenty years ago. Yeah. And that question is now you're here, so I might as well.
1: well. all all kinds of technologies have um, have a delivery mechanism and they have an activation mechanism. So, for example, if we look at innovation in the fragrance or the skincare industry, you'll see a lot of products. Um, and I've been out of the industry for a couple of years sure. now, so I don't have exact uh, sure. product names on mine. But there, there's products that will have a immediate release fragrance and uh, activation of uh, benefit, and then there'll be a slow re- release as well. Wow. And many companies actually test to see what the efficacy is, both mm. of the experience, which is usually coming from touch and smell or yes, scent, yes. and then also from the efficacy and from the perspective mm. of performance. So mm. if let's say it's an anti-aging cream, yes. you'll often see claims like, uh, we'll start to see visible decline after in wrinkles pe- after four weeks, right? So they've actually tested oh. that over time, so and not on animals. <laughs>
0: from the, from the, Thank you, from the time you got, let's say, instruction to, to create something, yeah. to go to the marketplace, how long would it normally take?
1: I think it depends on the type of products. It also depends on the type of uh, industry and the target audience. Mm-hmm. So um, I can tell you that most robust companies in the skincare uh, industry, in the CPG industry, mm-hmm. they will spend uh, 18 months to anywhere up to three years in wow. R&D, in, wow. uh, like appropriate R&D. That is, uh, 18 months is a bare minimum. Um, where a well, lot of strong companies Do
0: you still need FDA for that? for st- stuff that you put on your FDA approval for stuff you put on your skin?
1: Um, if it's regulated by the FDA, mm-hmm. then you need FDA approval. Okay. If it's a over the if it's a uh, on the regu- shelf, on the
0: shelf type of thing you do, yeah, really.
1: then uh, then you may not need to have an FDA approval. Uh, but but your manufacturing practices have mm. to obviously meet standards, right? So there's those are things like did ISO ever, standards. Were you ever
0: told what happened to you? But that product that you worked on did really well. Were mm. you ever informed of that? Or um, once he went, he went.
1: Excellent question. You know, when I was in that industry, or I was uh, in those type of roles for the first six years of my career, and I was very naive, and I also started working at 2007. So I was only six months into that role when the economy, the global economy crashed. Uh, Uh, And I was in New Jersey, and so, uh, you know, a few miles down the road was New York City where the world started crumbling. Were you born in the US? I was born in Kuwait. I'm a Middle Eastern uh, product. And
0: then you got educated here?
1: I was educated in the Middle East? In the Middle East till my high school. And then I did my engineering degree and all of my corporate experience was in the United States. That's
0: amazing. And it was on the East Coast?
1: It was on the East Coast. And you stayed there? I stayed there um, for 10 years after graduation, so I guess, mm. yeah, about 14 years in total. Amazing, so,
0: amazing. Yeah,
1: it's been, it's been an excellent journey, and I, I'm kind of glad, which sort of brings us to, you know, that whole theme around what's happening with our millennial generation. I'm sort of glad that we had the experience, or I had the experience, right after graduating Congrats. college and, and entering the workforce, because we got, as a generation, I think we got a rude reality check of what can happen throughout the life of your career, that if we are uh, assuming to be set on a steady path, there is, no, there is no guarantees. And our predecessors, so the Generation X and Baby Boomers, were coming from the mindset of loyalty. So the longer you stayed with the company, the more value you had, sure. the more clout you had, which is sure. kind of in line with how uh, government agencies worked, right? People sure. always strived for government jobs back in the day because those were the most stable, but also had a sense of stability tied to them.
0: You are looking at having two jobs a lifetime.
1: Exactly, at most. Sure. And with our generation, we were raised in, when we were younger, we were raised in a economically positive or economically savvy environment so that when we're stepping right into adulthood you then are faced with this uh, with this collapse and you're so it was unfortunate at the time but i think most millennials also then accepted that this will likely happen again and again throughout our, our lifetime and so we better be prepared for it which is why so maybe
0: a reaction to the economic crisis exactly. or how things are changing
1: as a reaction as a as a forced reaction almost we accepted that this will likely be a reality Uh, along with the fact that technology is disrupting many industries i mean that's kind of why you saw the rise of so many digital global giants Mm -hmm. right they were all Mm -hmm. born out of that era where where the world was where the world economy was collapsing so something was not going right and you saw uh the likes of um, youtube come up and youtube influencers come up you saw the likes of online education platforms come up um, yes. and now we're seeing you know unicorns come up everywhere and and they're being hailed as the next big whatever right for that reason
0: i apologize I interrupted you. you were telling me about let's i'm going to bring you back sure. to your career if yeah. you don't mind i'd don't love you. to take this further uh, you were telling me about when you took a product and you went to the market mm-hmm. And you said it was a really interesting question. I got carried away with Oh, I'm question. so sorry. <laughs> no, it's my fault. So, um, did they come back to you and tell you if the product was um, successful? Yes. Yeah,
1: so, I was very naive in that I didn't know how to um, assess. What was the lifetime of that product, or what was the uh, dollar revenue of that product? So you don't actually know the impact your make product a difference? is happening.
0: Could you have said, "I need, I need shares in that," or "I need, I need to trademark that one"? Because I had a <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. Not I mean, like when it. you're they when, own when, it, yeah. Right? When you're an employee of a company, you you're not one person. You, there are so many people that work with you on the launch of one single product. Uh, and usually it's lines of products, right? It's a whole brand. So uh, no, no one person owns the trademark or the formula Is there anything itself. on the
0: shelves that you see and go, I had a, I had a yes. hand in that one.
1: Yes, yes. Are you was,
0: okay sharing it with us?
1: Um, or, uh, I might be, but I don't know how the company would feel. It was
0: a real success, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, there's a lot of products actually. Um, so one line that I can tell you about, one product line was, um, Uh, wet wipes or makeup removing wipes Mm -hmm. are extremely popular because they're easy to use product and um, we were moving manufacturers from somewhere in Europe and bringing it to North America closer to home so that the costs could be justified and then be uh, passed down to the customer and so I was the engineer that was responsible to start off operations wow. with a, a new manufacturer, and all of the wet wipes makeup remover across uh, the portfolio of our company were, were made From by you me, so I, oh, they're still on congratulations. the shelf, they're Good. still on the shelf, so even even uh, in Dubai, they're on the shelves.
0: Amazing, Yeah. well, well done to you. You joined, uh, you got into the industry in 2007? Yes. Okay, and um, you stayed in that industry until?
1: Until 2018.
0: Yeah. So you decided to get out? Yes. What was the reason?
1: Um, so the reason was a happy one, um, I would say, it was, it was life that happened. You in the States happened.
0: until 2018. I
1: was in the States until 2016. Okay. And then in 2016, I moved on to Canada uh, for a global assignment, uh, which was supposed to be covering Canada, the Caribbean, as well as uh, uh, nor- the U.S., Um, And that was an excellent opportunity to sort of get out of my comfort zone um, and and experience a different country, although not too different from the United States. And uh, in 2018, um, I decided to resign and move to Dubai because I uh, met the love of my life and we decided to live here in Dubai. Was
0: he in Canada or the US?
1: He uh, also had moved to Dubai in 2016 and we had not met each other until 2017. We met online, we're true millennials in yeah. <laughs> that way. We met online.
0: I'm not gonna say which, was it dating line? Or uh, yeah, it, was a,
1: date, it really was a dating website. Really? Yeah. It was What's a dating website. So we you got to know each, to other, each online other online first. Online. And then yeah. that's good, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so we, we met online, we, we traveled to see each other and spent time together and then wow. went time.
0: 2016? Yeah. And then he was working here. Yeah he was working and here. then you got married and he you decided married. to move here to be with him
1: yes that's amazing yeah. what does he do he works in a software company in a German software
0: company so he's not an entrepreneur He's he's an employee or a director of a company yes
1: he he's uh, he's part of a fortune 500 company Oh, fantastic mm-hmm.
0: congratulations so entrepreneurship runs in a family now
1: it runs in the family now yes
0: so you decided to resign
1: I decided to resign and and, start yes and um, and when I moved here it was not necessarily a conscientious thought in the beginning but I was noticing that there is a gap in the market here in the Middle East and also because I'm a product of the Middle East I understand the culture and the culture from the West exactly Um, I, I, I noticed that there was a huge Delta when it came to employability of young adults And that was a constant complaint, not necessarily just from the young adults themselves, but even from uh, business owners, where they said that they are looking for young creative talent, and they're having a hard time finding the right kind of
0: talent. What was their their complaint? They're saying that they're not committed, they don't understand it, they don't have career in mind. What was their um, issue?
1: So the number one issue, or the uh, I guess the broad umbrella, uh, can be identified in the words: uh, they are not uh, ready for the real world, okay. right? So they are not ready for the kinds of jobs. Not necessarily mature,
0: basically.
1: Not necessarily mature. I, I think that maturity is not a concern. Um, it's so much so that what is being. Uh, what the education system is not necessarily preparing them for the right kind of jobs so it's not any one individual or any one institution's fault but, it's but the education system dis-
0: hasn't changed for a hundred years right? exactly
1: and that is becoming a systemic problem mm-hmm. where the education system uh, rightfully so had, had it o- its own ways of doing things right and remember this education the modern education system today was designed to support a workforce that was primarily working in the manufacturing class right. Correct. in that industrial revolution. Correct. And not much has been done. Of course, new majors have been introduced and computers have been introduced. Uh, things have become slightly more project-focused overall. Uh, and yet, we're not having our uh, new new generation be prepared for the kind of work that is required in today's generation, right? So, And we've had these conversations offline as well. Sure. So what's happening is you're starting to see a big disconnect between... Uh, employers to markets and yes. potential employ uh, employees
0: thank you um, when you were doing your research mm-hmm. was it how did you did you did you know a few people from the industry or did you actually do a physical market research a thorough one you, you spoke to a hundred companies or 20 companies tell me about your research yes. The feedback you got from the market absolutely
1: you... absolutely so um, I did a lot of uh research i would say it was qualitative research in that i did focus groups so i i talked to a lot of individuals you did this
0: before leaving or you quit and then started i quit fr- and then started oh, really? yeah so when
1: i moved here and i started uh, talking to people to understand what's okay. really happening in the region okay. why
0: so you took a huge risk i
1: took it i took okay. it yeah, that's
0: really important because some entrepreneurs wait mm-hmm. till it's perfect before yeah. they jump yeah. or you jumped yep. and then you started looking right? i'm st-
1: and i'm still jumping okay, <laughs> i so think that that's the life of an entrepreneur you always have to realize uh, follow the data, uh, listen to the customer, listen to your stakeholders, yes. but then also be ready to pivot and uh, mold the product or the because service. Because change
0: happens all the time, right? So you've got to be prepared for change. Absolutely. Amazing, so you did the focus groups.
1: Yes, I did a lot of focus groups uh, to understand both both sets of data, so employers and what's happening mm-hmm. there, as well as uh, the youth and, and what's happening, what is the voice of the youth really yes. saying. And I, saw, I heard some interesting things, and you know, uh, like so one, theme or trend that I noticed which was uh, full of frustration from uh, certain young professionals was you know Neha I'm starting to feel like our professors were people who didn't want to be in the workforce themselves so they decided to become teachers. That's
0: my but saying. They, yeah, but they, they, they did not get me. a job so they became teachers. Yeah, yeah
1: and you know uh, is there truth to it maybe to some degree but can we just blame our teachers or our uh, the education so you felt system? felt
0: frustration from the Ex- this, really
1: extreme frustration right and and so you'll start to see interesting
0: that so they're looking mm-hmm. but they can't find because they feel they're not heard or understood that's right Am I right
1: that's right yeah okay. they feel um, powerless Wow. they feel powerless and what's happening is they're actually smart creative individuals uh, but the converse is also true the world of work is not ready yet so they may be prepared for certain types of jobs that are not actually real jobs in today's economy, in their present reality. They may become a reality in five, 10 years. And so there is a little bit of a time yeah. lapse as well.
0: I'm going to make lots of statements that may be wrong, okay, but it's my perception mm-hmm. as an employer, okay? I feel, and I look around, and I teach customer services and sales that it's just like the mobile phone the Millennials are attached at the hip to the mobile phones mm-hmm. i go going to retail stores that are on the mobile phones I've got to exhibition stands that are on the mobile phones it looks like they don't care about the customer experience it looks as though they're not fully focused on the job in hand because mm-hmm. it's so connected to outside world all of the time mm-hmm. I feel that they don't mind being 10-15 minutes late for work mm-hmm. they want flexibility they don't they're not so rigid however our customers in the marketplace want that commitment from our staff Mm -hmm. that's where my disconnect is and I look at Millennials I'm thinking do they have the right habits do they have the right professionalism Mm -hmm. to come and work for me Mm -hmm. is that the kind of Um,
1: that's a very good insight and I think it's a valuable insight from the point of view of an employer and I think um, your audiences as well as mine should hear this because it's a very good insight uh, that perhaps is not openly vocalized by many employers.
0: Really? Um, I thought everybody was like me.
1: Because you were coming from a point of view where your peers at the time were all doing that it was default. Um, I think in the millennial um, cohort, what's happening is uh, books like the four-hour work week yes. by Tim Ferriss yes. were popularized. They were yes. sensationalized that you can live on a beach and work yes. only a couple hours a day and have the source of passing income where money is just flowing.
0: Exactly. Um, if you get rich quick. Yes. You don't do much work. Yes. Like the Kardashians and all these people. And yes. The, yeah. And
1: everything was made to look like it was it was Easy. easier than it was.
0: Correct. Right. But it's Agreed. not.
1: Right? And it's not. And I think that's where the disconnect has happened. Um, millennials, unfortunately, grew up slightly more idealistic than our predecessors and started to view that optimism as it being easy. And and we know that things are not easy or just handed to you.
0: Amazing. That's exactly how I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's where the majority of people is hard work.
1: Yes. Yes. And and I think hard work is also defined in different ways across these generations. So for example, you as an employer are rightful right in saying Hard work, uh, symptoms of hard work are easily detected by timeliness, professionalism, engagement, discipline, eye content, discipline.
0: focus, commitment. Um,
1: exactly and and somebody else like a millennial would say well having the ability to have flexible work time shows that that uh, I'm heard and I'm listened to and that's when I, I'm bringing my whole self to the table. Um, my authentic voice is valued and heard. So there is a difference different uh, set of values, yes. and I think in order for us to move forward as a, an economy or as a world, we need to start to listen to each other better. And, and it's gonna only get more interesting with Generation Z yes. stepping into the workforce yes. now.
0: Well, I look at, uh, we Google partners, and I mm-hmm. went to San Francisco a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and Google is like that, flexible hours, 20% work on your own projects, um, come up with a good idea, we'll give you some money, get your peer group together to develop your own ideas so i i get it but here's the thing google makes a lot of money yeah somebody like me can't afford that flexibility yeah and then when a client rings at 10 o'clock and they want to speak to the account manager and he decides to stay home or go on a squash court <laughs> i'm uh, maybe i need educating are you with me maybe yeah. so what what is your role do you come to companies like what is your role? <laughs> <laughs> Do you come to companies like me and say, let, let me help you to That's, understand Millennial? You're
1: absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, my role is, or my work is twofold. I work with individuals who are looking to accelerate their careers and want to define a path for themselves. So two of, two of the pillars of uh, my company, which is called World Leaders Academy, Uh, Two of the pillars are future focused and two of them are present focused, so we work on ourselves starting today. Uh, But then I also work with companies like yourself um, to help them engage and work through their work culture, especially those that hire millennials and centennials and also who partner with and whose customers are millennials and centennials. Because remember, um, I'll actually give you an example of a former client of mine She said, after working only eight weeks with me, her relationship with her two daughters had significantly improved because she never realized, she understood them better. Mm. Um, And that was not the goal. We were talking about her career and her business specifically. And yet she started understanding her daughters better and her marriage has improved. Totally unexpected, but it also made me realize and validated that. A lot of it is just understanding each other, mm-hmm. almost, uh, uh, and separating the personal and looking at it from a generational point of view. Because we start to understand each what other. What
0: qualifies you to do that? What is, the, 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 if you don't mind me asking? No. So let's say you came to me, I'll say, fantastic, sounds really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What brought you here? Why? What qualifies you? Why you're an expert in this field?
1: Um, well, one, the, the data speaks for itself. We have a number of uh, examples now to show at the individual level. Uh, I'm only now starting to work with companies that are very early stage, so those will remit, will be yet to be seen. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is at my former company at Johnson & Johnson, what was happening is even though I had my core job as part of a employee initiative, I had been designing uh, employee engagement tracks for the R&D organization in North America. And much of what I'm doing now was what I had actually been implementing. For a
0: organi- larger organization a long- with a larger number of people. Exactly.
1: Right? And and those are hard metrics that we have because of course uh, a company of that size has uh, processes in place to measure data. So thankfully I have that data as well as awards to show for it. You
0: said you brought some numbers with you. Would you like to share something with us?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I did want to highlight something um we can talk about generational themes all we want we can talk about theories and concepts all we want but i think things become very real when we talk about numbers and data and the reality is that the uae um, has a 28 percent youth unemployment rate incredible and that is the is highest this in the expats arab region.
0: or is this locals as generally as a whole
1: uh, it's uh, arab youth so it's uh oh,
0: wow. so it's very much local it's like, local wow. yeah i thought it's because they're all lazy that's Money not comes true. Too easy.
1: No, that's actually not true. I'm
0: stereotyping and you're I'm ser- rough, You're You're right. stereotyping.
1: And you know, and I and this is exactly why the focus groups are so important yes. because I've talked to so many of them live, both men and women. They are incredibly smart, they're incredibly savvy and well educated, well spoken, they have a high degree of emotional intelligence, and they are extremely eager to to do something and create change. And that's what So they don't
0: have this feeling of I I own it.
1: No. No, there is I no. I deserve it.
0: Just coming to work.
1: absolutely not. All the all, honestly, all everybody's looking for is a chance, and because oh. everybody is so young, they not can necessarily all create their own chances. If I was
0: looking, where would I go? I don't know where to go and hire really keen and savvy locals.
1: You know, and I think that that is a gap right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't a lot of uh, resources that I'm aware of where people where people like you who are looking for talented individuals can. Uh, go to a marketplace and hire talent uh, yes. individuals. I think college recruitment campuses is one area, but they might be they might require a heavy investment from a training perspective on your yes, end yes, as exactly. a business owner. Uh, and if a business is willing to put that amount of investment up front to train a new cohort of talented individuals, then that might be a path to go. Uh, but other than that, I think there is there is almost a bridge we'll all need to grab uh, uh, cross as a society.
0: Amazing. So. They're highly affluent, um, they have everything they want, they have the cars, the lifestyle, the government takes care of everything, they're not short of money. Why would they have to work hard?
1: Um, I think that is a misconception.
0: Because if you push somebody outside their comfort zone, they're very uncomfortable. And from my experience, if somebody's uncomfortable, very easy to jump off and go back to your comfort zone. Yes. So,
1: Yes, but that's where growth happens. I think... Uh, Agree. Yeah, Agree. and that's... So what's but not
0: everybody realizes it. Most people no. jump off and go back to the comfort zone.
1: You're, you're absolutely right in that. I think some of it will come uh, over time. So there's, I guess, two types of growth. There's growth that will happen in spurts, uh, which is what we're starting to see now in pockets, uh, in the UAE and in the Middle East, as well as other uh, very youth-heavy populations like India. Um, and then you'll also start to see uh, shifts that'll happen almost over a generation so they will take 10, 20 years to materialize so we might be seeing it a few years from now
0: India I'm sorry I hope you're okay with me just asking these questions I am They might be a bit naive Uh, correct me if I'm wrong and I'm by no means right just an opinion do you see India I can understand because it's a competitive world right and if you don't work you don't earn nobody takes you here it's just like Every, life is great if you don't do anything, and if you get a bit older, you can actually have fifty-one percent share of a company and get a retainer every year. You have, you sponsor twenty companies and you're made. Is that is that? No, I don't I know the wrong. answer. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't
1: know the answer to that specifically. I see.
0: Do yeah. you know like many Emiratis or locals who are saying, "Look, I'm prepared to push myself. I'm prepared to work hard. I'm prepared to come to work early, leave late, and focus because I have a career path in mind. I have my goals broken down, quantified with a time scale, and I want this. Mm. Have you met many like this?
1: I have met many talented Emiratis mm-hmm. as well um, as other non-Emiratis, so like I'd say UAE youth population as a whole. Yes. I've met many of them that are exactly really? what you just described. And in fact, I also know, know some who are working on day jobs, yes, and they also have their own startups. They, some of them could be tech startups and some of them could be smaller brands like um, one individual is working on their own fashion startup, another individual is working on um, a, a tech startup in the education space. So you'll start to see almost a parallel path happen with this generation and I think that's a reality that employers have to start to accept. That yes. if you want truly talented individuals who are like the the perfect person you describe, provide
0: the environment for them. they can. Yeah. They don't have to have a second job or a second. Am I correct? Uh,
1: well, what will start to happen is, I think uh, you, as an employer, will have to accept that they will also have another interest, interest, and will probably also have a parallel path in mind for mm. their career.
0: So if the problem is, I believe that focus is everything. Yes. If somebody is sitting working for you, mm-hmm. and they want to sell their fashion brand in the evening they may just sneak off and do some research on fashion or their focus isn't on work these are my fears yeah as an employer yeah. do you think that's the case or these guys are so smart they can do two things at the same time
1: i think you you've what you've described is actually the perfect example of what's happening right now right. um a lot of employers like yourself who've created companies and businesses through sheer hard work and focus think that that is the only way to move forward but the millennial generation saw that that's not necessarily guaranteed success because in 2007 2008 the world economy was collapsing and there was no plan b so most most millennials usually have two careers going on at the same time
0: something to fall back on maybe
1: because they always want to have something to fall back on Does that mean that the plan B is working well at all times? Not necessarily. But it gives most millennials a sense of security. Mm, It's a sense of security. I will also say, uh, statistics have shown, uh, now that Generation Z is entering the workforce, uh, and that they grew up in um, in an environment where the economy was down, they are very pragmatic and actually value financial stability more than millennials so wow. uh, millennials what's the, were willing what's the to
0: generation work gap between the z and the millennials 10 years 15 years uh
1: so the last um, uh, how do you rephrase this uh, generation z started in 1995 so anybody before that was wow, a millennial. millennial scary yeah <laughs> scary. so they're entering the workforce now yeah, they're entering the workforce now. You know
0: what's scary? Mm-hmm. That Billie Jean was released 36 years ago. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I was out there clubbing. No.
1: Just like yesterday.
0: You're just like, well, you, you weren't born. Anyway, let's not go there. So, um, so you said you worked with this lady for a period of eight weeks. Mm-hmm. What was the work? Was it uh, hourly basis? Somebody wants to work with you. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm really interested and I want to be educated. I want my company to be up with the times and start hiring the millennials and a Generation Z. Mm-hmm. How can you assist me?
1: That's a great question. So um, the first step is always defining objectives and understanding goals, right? And so that could be an exercise that happens over a day, or it could be a little bit longer depending on the size of the company and the size of... hundred people. Okay.
0: hundred people, and, and this is a true case. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult, to be, and and I think our average age in our company is twenty four.
1: That's so, perfect.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So maybe I I hire I recruit motivated, happy, positive people, and we have a five stage recruitment process. Sometimes we get it wrong, but mm-hmm. majority of the time we get it right. Mm-hmm. So the energy in the in the in the place is really good. We used to be open six days a week. Okay. And I felt so many people would probably not join us because we're open six days a week. I sent uh, an email to all the staff and said, would you like to be open five days a week? And 98% said, no, we want to work six days, which just blew me away. Mm. But I still gave them five days Mm -hmm. because I felt people weren't entering the company because they had choices to work somewhere else. So I was so impressed that people felt that they were happy here. They didn't treat it as a job.
1: Fantastic.
0: However, I find out that maybe, or throughout the last 10 years, I found out that a particular web developer, is designing websites for some other people at home, mm-hmm. or a weekends, okay? And I feel that if they focused on the actual job and the opportunity we create here, they could do a lot better. So maybe I need coaching to understand that generation or yeah. provide an environment where they're comfortable mm-hmm. to get the most out of them while they're here and do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe not fear that I might find out or feel they're cheating me, does that make sense?
1: I think you're absolutely right, and that is such a great insight. I mean, I, I applaud you as a leader to have that level of openness in mm-hmm. even uh, saying that, you know what, there, there's, this is not a one-off. There's probably more truth to it that needs yes. to be explored. Yeah.
0: And I need to be okay with it, right? Because yes. it's inevitable.
1: It's inevitable, and it is right. it is a gener- generational reality that I think How we need to How can I send on.
0: this message that it's okay, just deliver value when you hear.
1: One of the best ways I've seen leaders um, showcase this, um, this value of acceptance is by starting to openly recognize that people in the company are multi-passionate and that, that uh, those multiple passions are, are um, applauded. So for example, um, I'll give you a very cheesy example. When I was working at my former company, um, I have also been trained in dance and acting, which has nothing to do with engineering. It was just something I loved to do. It was my passion. Did I want to become a Bollywood actress one day? Maybe at some point in my teenage years, I dreamt of dancing with Shah Rukh Khan, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I want to do that. Uh, But I remembered I also had that fear. If I went to classes in the evening, or if I went to dance competitions, will will I be viewed as someone who is not serious about my career? Especially at a time when the economy is down and all my peers just got fired, except yes. I'm the only one that was left with the job. Yes. That's the last message I want to, spe- uh, to send. It took me many years to realize that if I started to take on additional responsibility uh, by... Uh, speaking and doing presentations by emceeing um, certain uh, town hall meetings and then taking on projects uh, for employee engagement that incorporated dance and talent and a few you paid for it no it was not paid additionally but I was celebrated and it opened so many more doors for me that when I had a real problem or when I had a project that I wanted to pitch in the company I went directly to the CTO and it was so silly that if I did a, a small um, you know, uh, town hall open mic. Mm-hmm. They remembered me, they recognized me. It was that kind of talent that got me yeah. ahead. And so when I opened the conversation saying, oh and by the way, I have to leave early at, you know, on, on this particular evening because I'm doing something off-site. It was viewed as part of me and part of my personality. Because and it, they were okay with and it. And everybody sure. was okay with it because right. it wasn't viewed as me Do you think time it was off. because
0: Johnson & Johnson or do you think a small company would have been okay with it still?
1: I think it really depends on the leader. And, and, and Problem the is that we,
0: we, we are truly really busy, mm-hmm. aren't we, Yaya? We we just so overworked. If Yahya said to me, "Can I go home early mm. every week on a Monday?" I'd be like, Ugh. you know, but well, what about the work that needs to be done? What yeah. about this? But then I know him enough to know that he's conscientious, right? Yeah. You come earlier the day after.
1: Like yeah, this. and I think that's that's the great um, that's the great benefit of having open conversations. Mm-hmm and building trust and credibility on both ends.
0: So it's got to be unconditional trust.
1: It's condi- it's got to be unconditional trust. So this it's is
0: conditional. Yes. People see through it.
1: But at the same time, it is also then if the employees, if the if you know, if the employee has a doubt or a fear that this may be considered a negative, starting to open the conversation with you know somebody taking an evening class or working on an evening side project as an investment in their own future yes. So that it could build uh, give future rewards back yes. into their own talent therefore yes. the company yes. That conversation will go a long way And I think even the managers and the leaders will start to recognize that this person is open and honest and not trying to hide something Because nobody wants to feel the lack of so, trust
0: uh, one fact mm-hmm. about two years ago, we had a designer And just by coincidence, we found that he was taking the designs that he'd done under our organization for our clients and it opened up his own portfolio. And he hadn't told us and he blocked us from viewing his portfolio. Mm. And somebody took a screenshot, they found out it was and sent it to me. I was really upset. Yes. I was really upset because if it was good intentions, they wouldn't have blocked me. Yeah. Right? That's
1: definitely a breach of trust.
0: That's a breach of trust, right? I agree. But if they hadn't blocked me and told us, And it was my customers who paid us for that design. So, in a way, we owned that right. Yes, you did. Okay, so I was right to get upset. Yes. And disappointed. I think
1: that's justified. I still
0: didn't fire the guy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I questioned
0: him, and he was really quite uh, adamant and upset, that, and and he claimed ignorance that he didn't know. Mm -hmm. But I think he knew because he blocked us.
1: I think that's also a great coaching moment uh, for you as a leader because not everybody has the... Um, foresight on how a situation like this could go wrong very quickly. Because sometimes we all do things because we think we're being smart about it, and then the inevitable happens, which is negative. Um, but also, there is something to be said about emotional maturity, and which comes with time and experience. Yes. And you, as a leader, obviously have way more life experience and business experience as your employees. Thank you. So I, that could be, that could be even a great 30, coaching moment.
0: Thank you. Even with thirty-five years' experience, I'm still work in progress. Yes. Honestly. All of us are. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're dealing with people, it's just a bag of surprises. And yeah. I think I've I've seen it all now, and then something else comes. Mm-hmm. Right. So you tend let's say you come to my company you spend a day with us mm-hmm. what does a day entail you who do you see do you sit with me all day do you sit with the staff do you please tell me.
1: that's a great question so typically i would start off with you first cuz i want to understand you your past your present and and where you want to take your your company in the future i want to understand the values and the goals and the pain points so that's definitely, it starts up with the leader and the management team. Okay. And then I want to spend a day, I typically want to spend a day with the staff at all levels okay. um, to try and understand what's, what's really the general c- consensus. What's the feeling? What's the culture like? What do they think is missing you, and lacking? How would
0: you introduce yourself to the staff if the management hired you mm-hmm. and they feel they can trust you to tell you everything? Mm-hmm. What if, um, hopefully not, but I think there's a certain amount of respect that may not so open up to you. Yes How do you get staff to open up to you?
1: Very good question Um, There is a degree of trust that happens When um, someone in my position Or when I truly come in To help them be better versions of themselves So that they In their own respective individual careers Can move forward So so
0: practically Mm -hmm. uh, We spend an hour Then I'll call the staff in And I introduce you to them Mm -hmm. And then I'll I'll set you free okay is that what normally happens
1: that's what normally happens and I normally start off by giving examples of the kinds of people and the frustrations that they have because what I realize is when people hear stories of other people that are going through very similar situations they are more relaxed and tend to open up so I'll give you an example Um, there was a situation where a uh, female individual was extremely frustrated with her career it wasn't going much uh, much places and it was starting that that lack of movement and lack of growth was starting to spill into other areas of her life and typically if I was talking to a group of uh, women uh, employees or women entrepreneurs a story like that sprinkled in with details around yeah sprinkling with details around how it impacted her family life and her passion for growth, um, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, mm-hmm. will immediately spiral into all of the women sharing a version of that story, yes. and and then that's when the trust is start to build. And that's usually when I also then start to introduce, saying, okay, well here's what I want to offer you, but in exchange, I would like to first hear stories of your frustrations and pain points firsthand, and also what their view is of the company, right? Because you'll a lot of times you'll find um, that we as leaders take for granted uh, on what our employees think of the company.
0: Oh, I agree. we blindsided.
1: We get blindsided.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with yeah. you. So that's a day, mm-hmm. and then what happens?
1: And then, depending on what comes out of that research, mm-hmm. essentially that's a focus group in itself, I present a, a plan forward with the management to say, okay, you had identified goals of improving employee engagement and as well as some, let's say, training around um, personal development. You know, How do we make sure that the, the focus around uh, in-home innovation and in-home creativity is inculcated within the culture so that people don't feel the need to go out uh, and leave early and do a project on their own. Perhaps they can invest those resources in-house. We start to create a plan for that. So I think it really depends on what the goal is.
0: Can that be done if if you don't have an HR manager? You can still make sure the company implements that? Is there a minimum number of people in an organization?
1: No, I don't, ha- I don't necessarily... Um, I haven't tunneled myself into the size of the company. Okay. Sometimes it could be a division of a larger company, so we're okay. only focusing on a particular department. And it,
0: a lot depends on the leader of that department, right? If Absolutely. they buy into it, if they welcome you, and they continue listening to you and changing their... Habits, correct?
1: Absolutely. I think the, if they don't,
0: because people are going to think, well, oh, that's a company tried something new; it's never going to work.
1: Absolutely. Right. the The change starts with the leader, and yeah. oftentimes I find that the the leaders are the most receptive to change, which is a beautiful thing, at least in my wow. experience so far. Because they hired you, they hired me, so they're invested uh, emotionally, mentally, and financially. I'm a
0: consultant, um, obviously a different sector, but um, what I find, you're absolutely right. The leader hires you, they buy into you, they want change. Yes. Okay? And inevitably, want better productivity, better environment, and higher profits. Mm-hmm. True. True. The, it's always, in my experience, most of the time, the right-hand person or the people who tends to sabotage change, yes. because they might feel a little bit insecure. They might feel as though they're going to be found out, or so they sabotage it. Mm-hmm. How do you get the right-hand people to buy into it? as a leader let's talk about me I'm not on my business in my business all of the time but I have several managers mm-hmm. some of them are although young they're a bit old-fashioned okay they they got this factory mentality
1: mm-hmm.
0: how do you work with them
1: some of it is uh, will require pers- perhaps one-on-one coaching to understand where those emotions of or fears of fear probably. and factory mentality is coming from to, to take your example further I think that that is a more individualized approach which could be part of the larger project mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of times the leader has had to work excessively hard to get to that stage to be the Correct. most trusted individual. Correct. And now if a culture change is being introduced-
0: They could be losing all control.
1: They could be losing control and they well, could be losing- that's a fear. Yes, that's a fear. And it's mm-hmm. and in some ways it's a justifiable fear from their point of view. Uh, but, But addressing those fears head on and giving them a platform to voice them also builds trust and so we go back into that cycle of trust and saying you have a safe space to now be able to vocalize those fears the leaders are listening and the staff is going to continue to support you so that you also can be a better leader so that is all incorporated very well I can imagine staff
0: coming in feeling really safe in a place to just be yes correct without hiding anything that'd be a really nice environment that
1: would be a really nice environment
0: Mm, interesting wow so um at the end I think if a company invests in working with you, there should be some kind of certificate to say, you know, like an ISO certificate. <laughs> there should be one, right? That we actually invest in the new way of thinking of looking after our clients. Most of my clients, sorry, staff, most of my clients sign and go ahead with us because of our staff.
1: Fantastic.
0: They love the energy that they get. That's in the such office. a
1: great testament to you as a, a visionary and as a leader as well. It really is, yeah. because your your people are what make your company, right? But it my
0: fear is when I leave and I'm not here, that drops. So I need, if I work with you, yeah. and I think we will, mm-hmm. is for you to work with my right-hand people. Because they're different personalities and different... They all have the same agenda, to succeed, success of the company, mm-hmm. but they really are massively different style of management. So you go to one of my departments, and it's very dictatorial. Mm-hmm. You go to another one, it's very factory like mm-hmm. and you get to another one it's just a joyous party but they're not hitting target <laughs> okay, so <laughs> well a uh, the balance other d- needs to happen <laughs> the other departments are funding the funny fun one so yeah um, but they're all they're actually to their own um, credit they're committed they're yeah. doing the best they can with their own limited limitations should I say
1: and their own strengths and their own, individual their own so They're strengths. amazing
0: people yes. I love them yes and I know they they'll take a bullet for us and me yes but I feel somebody like you can come in and get, get co- coherency, some synergy. I'd be
1: honored. I'd mm. be honored to do that. Mm. I mean, I think that, that you as a leader have obviously empowered your, your um, first line of management enough to, one, understand what their strengths are and what their management styles are, and then, of course, empowered your whole staff to know exactly what each person needs to do to be able to, you know, for this vehicle to keep moving forward, yes. right? And that's the analogy you like to use, that the, the car has to keep moving forward. Certainly.
0: Um, two things that uh, I have. One is I fear, if I have a third party, I'm gonna share my fear with you, mm-hmm. that the urgency will slow down. Because I'm in my 50s and I have a short period of time before this energy depletes, mm-hmm. like it or not. So I'm in the second half of my, well into the second half of my life. and. I I want to have a third party who doesn't slow down growth because, you know, I'm I'm a late starter. And the second thing is that um, I really love my team. I really love my. I love this guy. And you know it, right? (laughs) They they know it. I think, am I right in that you know I love you, right? And what I don't want is a third party coming and taking away that love feeling. Mm. Am I making sense?
1: When you say third party, you mean an non- external consultant? Somebody like consultant?
0: yourself, a consultant yeah. coming in, yeah. and they have their own agenda. And I don't want people to think that... I'm not saying this is I'm not saying yeah, no, this not. is you. I'm just saying these are my two fears, yeah. right? Yeah. The urgency that the push and the drive will slow down. And the second thing is that because they don't understand what the hell love is, right? Because I hug everyone. Mm-hmm. And they hug me. When I come in, people hug, cue to hug me. And I don't want that to stop because that's the... That's the uh, backbone of my business. Am I making sense? So
1: that is the... I can address that head on. Uh, Typically, someone like me or a third person or even me directly, we come in and we only come in... Our success or my success will only be identified with your success, right? My KPIs are that my clients are served to the best of my ability so that they can reach the next level. And if I don't succeed in making a positive change in your company culture because let's say you identified what that what that change is and if i'm not able to succeed then i've not done my job right and so at most it shouldn't necessarily be an absence of love um and i think you should also as just like you're a service provider for your clients Mm -hmm. i would be a service provider for my clients Um, and so that, that should not be. So you something. have the
0: flexibility
1: Absolutely. To,
0: to, to dig it to understand.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're working with people for people. We're mm-hmm. working with minds and emotions. Uh, of course, we're working with data and metrics as well. I bring a lot of science to this because I am a scientist at my core. So I want to make sure that people understand with, at an individual level, level what the data speaks and why they might be feeling and thinking what they're feeling and thinking, and how we can use other case studies, successful case studies, to bring that kind of change into an organization here and of course everything is customized I mean mm. that's the beauty of the world today right we're, we're moving into we're moving away from a mass production absolutely. kind of world absolutely. and we're moving into the world of customization absolutely. so just like you would customize a marketing plan for your clients yes. um, someone like me would highly customize Mine's very really easy to measure because
0: mm. I'll look at profitability. Mm. You're earning X. By the time you finish, you're going to XX. How do you measure your success?
1: Right now, uh, the measure of success is either um, qualitative, which would be through survey, so voice of the customer. Right. Right. So it's very qualitative because we want you cannot necessarily measure The manage.
0: customer could be our team, right? Yes. It could be... It could Our be your staff, team
1: and right. you, okay. essentially, as the leader, right? What change do you see in yourself? Like, so for example, this one client wanted to do a major career change. The the lady I talked about, her um, target change was I want to move from X industry to Y industry. Has she did she achieve it in eight weeks? No. Was she prepared for it? Yes. But the peripheral changes she saw were she was um, her marriage had been saved, she had a better relationship the kids, with her daughter. And she had had more uh, more, uh, enthusiasm than she'd ever experienced before. She actually went on to interviews during those eight weeks for that new target industry. So that's a really good example to say, okay, just because you don't necessarily see it on paper yet at the end of eight weeks doesn't mean that it's not coming. It just means that things have to transpire. But you've already started to see the psychological and emotional changes take place. They will start to manifest themselves in dollar value.
0: Wow. Thank you. Um... Do you, through this process, when you're talking to staff, come to the owner and say, actually, this person doesn't fit with your organization? Do you do that? Like, sometimes that can happen. Through your experience and you realize, whoa, how the hell did this person end up here? That doesn't make them bad people. Yeah. They just don't fit.
1: Yeah. Does that um, often, sometimes happens? Sometimes that happens. Um, I will say that uh, most of the time, Um, Well, first of all, I will never make that call or that judgment because it's not my place to make that call. But you make the
0: owner aware?
1: No, uh, that usually becomes becomes, uh, an obvious thing and the management recognizes it themselves. I see. see. Because
0: because you're creating that awareness.
1: uh, The awareness is created and the environment is created that everybody can sort of be themselves. And so you as a leader, let's say, will start to recognize which people are truly the right fit for the new direction. Or the heightened direction yes. that the company is heading in, yes. and they may have been right for the time that they were hired, but they may not be on the suitable right path now. They yes. may not be suitable now.
0: Um, do you find that uh, people's perception or people value people here? Do they invest in
1: people you mean here? As yeah, in this as in,
0: in the Middle East, in this region.
1: Um, that's a loaded are they, are, question. Or are they
0: treated like a commodity?
1: Um, I think it varies. Um, if From my limited uh, viewpoint that I've seen, because I've only been here for a little over a year, I've seen several wonderful leaders um, running small businesses as well as part of larger organization, global companies, who are spending an uh, extraordinary amount of time uh, in, in training their people and investing in their people. And they're doing all the right things. Wow. Okay. Um, there is a certain segment of the population that is still uh, living the life of um, being treated like a commodity yes. um, i hope that that changes it um, has to it has to in time yeah but i think that that's the kind of change that will take a little bit longer like those you said, are not 10 the 15 20 years yeah. i agree with you yeah
0: thank you that's that's the, from, the, from the my employer point of view from the employee's point of view how can you help them because honestly i have i have I sit in interviews and there's so many people have, I feel they have this like entitlement Mm -hmm. things of what's in it for me, what's in it for me, what's in it for me, what's in it for me. And hardly ever they actually think what value they're going to bring to the organization. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I may be wrong, but if I was an employee, irrespective of what age, I'd be thinking what value I'm going to bring to the company. Mm -hmm. It should be multiples of the salary I'm expecting. Mm -hmm. Lots of people, I feel, they don't even think that way. Mm. Just think they're entitled, they have this qualification, mm-hmm. they're entitled it uh, to this f- salary, mm-hmm. and they've done a market research, and that's how the salaries are in this market. Mm. Do, do, do you think?
1: Um, so there is um, two thoughts, two opposing viewpoints. The first one is, um, yes, that there is a certain segment of the market that comes with a sense of entitlement because maybe that's what they were raised with or that's what they thought they heard. That if you go with degree X and you're targeting Y job, statistics say that that should be the median salary. Correct. Correct. That's one segment of the population. There is another segment of the population as well that is actually very aware and wants to make sure that they're uh, it's a meeting of the minds. They're going into a company where their cultures and values are uh, in line with their personal values as well as the company's values and yes. vision. You will find those people as well. They might be a little bit hard to find because uh, competition is key sure. there. But what is happening is there is a um, a dichotomy here. A certain sense of the population is also feeling exploited, if I may use that word loosely there is a sense that people irrespective of age irrespective or, of age mm-hmm. that they may work extremely hard and not get the rewarded for it. not get rewarded and recognized for it yes. accordingly and there have been ex- a lot of cases where people have been cheated not paid on time Agreed. not paid at all and Agreed. duped and typically you'll see that people are coming from a burnt bridge when they approach a conversation I like that
0: i agree 100% what i say to them is listen i have had staff steal from me i have had staffs lie to me I have said cheat me yes but the moment you start I start loving you yes I don't treat you based on the bad experience I've had from previous employees and don't bring your past into this relationship because mm. what chance do you have yeah if you have a relationship with somebody and your ex-partner cheated on you and every time you meet a different partner you think they're gonna cheat what chance the yeah. new yeah. partner got yeah.
1: yeah so I actually go,
0: okay <laughs> but but that's a certain bring...
1: level of emotional intelligence yes. that I think um, is required. You know, um,
0: Do you assist companies like me on the interview process?
1: I don't do that. Okay. Uh, I'm not into recruitment or HR. Um, okay. And I make sure that I don't step into a role that I'm not qualified for okay. or licensed for.
0: Right, yeah. right. Do you assist individuals how to get jobs better? Uh, do I like do. A, I know you have an online podcast, Yes, right? uh,
1: I have I, I have an online channel where I uh, do educational videos. Oh, fantastic. Uh, not so a t- podcast. T- yeah. So I apologize. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how often do you have them and uh, so where, they, where can they connect with you?
1: Yeah, this is fairly new. Uh, my website is www.nehasahani.com. And uh, I'm very active on social media, so uh, a lot on LinkedIn as well as um, uh, on Instagram. And I find that because we're working with the millennial and centennial population, that's the best way to reach them. Um, I mean, I'm getting direct messages constantly on the kinds of topics that they want to listen to. So every wow. Tuesday, I do a segment called Two Minute Tuesday where I do a pick one topic and we deep dive into that particular topic in two minutes. You
0: educate. Yes,
1: I educate. It's per, it's, and some, some things are very tactical like resumes and some things are a little bit more um, um, emotional and theoretical, for example, on what is the best way of thinking about a certain topic. Uh, aspect of your life so for example one of the themes that came out earlier this year when we did a workshop was that most people felt like they had big dreams and they were very passionate but the biggest reason why they were not achieving those dreams was procrastination And so let's say uh, maybe a couple segments would be only on the aspects of procrastination what is it
0: and
1: and how do you manage your time how do you manage your fear so every Tuesday I release a new episode and then sometimes I also do online web classes that are completely free for the community as a way to give back so they can call in and if there is a theme of questions that I'm getting a lot then I will address those all of those questions in a live class And sometimes they're topical so just earlier um, this week i released a new ebook that's again open to the community uh, and it's called master the art of networking and we did a few live classes on on networking just because i think like you said a lot of times we like to keep our head in our phones (laughs) and we're losing the art of communication and the art of genuine networking
0: so I'm glad you see that.
1: Yes, I do see that.
0: Okay, so there is there is a there is a challenge out there.
1: You know, it's it is a reality of our times now. Mm-hmm. Both these generations, millennials and centennials, we are digital natives. Our lives are only going to be tied to our phones and other devices that are coming out.
0: And it's going to get more.
1: And more. it's going to get only more and more integrated with with the um, virtual reality glasses and earpods. I mean, clothes and clothes. Yes. Everything is going to be highly digitized. So. All companies, businesses, are going to be fighting for attention. Yes. Um, we are the employees, but we're also consumers.
0: Absolutely. Right.
1: So that's going to continue to happen. You yeah.
0: said you're doing workshops. Yes. How often do you do workshops?
1: Um, how, I,
0: how do people find, do they have to pay? I, I...
1: So some of them are open and free. Um, only as a way to give back to the community. And some of them are highly specialized on a specific topic, which are paid workshops.
0: How often do you have these workshops? Um,
1: We don't have a fixed schedule at this time. I'm looking to talk to a few uh, companies who are interested in partnering with us who have a very similar vision, who are future focused and want to develop leaders um, of tomorrow. So I'm in conversations with them uh, to see if we want to do a series of workshops, which will be once a month, but that's something in the works right now.
0: We have a training center. I don't know if you're aware at all. We have a beautiful training center across the road on the uh, top of Oasis Center. Oh,
1: lovely. I would love
0: to make that available to you if you Thank like. Thank you.
1: I really appreciate um, that.
0: If we have time, I'd get one of my staff to show you. It's an unbelievable training center. Mm-hmm. I'd love to make that available to you free of charge.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, and I, I'd, I'd love to see how we can work together then.
0: I'll yeah. be honored, really yeah. honored. Yeah. Is there anything that I've missed you like to share with us?
1: You know, i, I just like to leave... Uh, are the audience with one parting thought, which which is actually one of the principles that I teach in my training, and hopefully this will help them think through their careers a little bit differently.
0: Brilliant.
1: I teach something called the Pi model, uh, and it, it sounds as delicious as uh, as it's, <laughs> as a name. I'm
0: thinking of you because you're into numbers it'd be uh. the Pi. The, the, the,
1: the the, yeah, exactly. The, the, Three point so, four one. So the Pi model uh, stands for P stands for performance. I stands for image and E stands for exposure and typically when people think of their future when they think of their careers or they even think of success we tend to get very confused and overwhelmed and one internet search is gonna spiral you into uh, something uncontrollable so because I'm a numbers girl I like to break this down in numbers if you are a millennial or a centennial whether you're working for yourself or in a company focus on your uh, performance heavily which is 80% of that pie so like you as a, as a leader is saying you don't know if they are focused enough right. I'd say if as an employee you were able to
0: 80%, on 80% of your yes.
1: energy time and investment is on performance mastering your art and craft mastering your talent ensuring that your KPIs are met and that you are on the path of your own growth, as well as the growth of the company, wow. you are typically going. You know what?
0: If somebody just gives me eighty percent, I'll be happy. <laughs>
1: there you go, right? Really, so, the
0: rest is bonus.
1: Yes, and then so the ten percent. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. It's seventy percent on the. I got it carried away. Seventy percent on the performance. No, I'm unhappy. You yeah. used to be 80, now you take. <laughs> you'll, you'll, be right? okay. you'll be happy with the rest. You'll be happy with the rest. Ten percent is on image, which is all aspects of um, how their personal brand is, because. Every employee is an extension of the brand of the company they work for. Absolutely. They're a
0: tentacle of the business. And
1: the amount of investment that the company makes in training employees, I think it's almost an added value if the employee takes just a little bit of extra effort and focuses on their own individual brand as well and how it complements with the brand of the company. Love it. They will go miles, right? It it, it really starts to magnify as you grow further and further in your career. And then 20% of That pie is the E, which is exposure, and so exposure stands for how well you are exposed to your market, your audience, and how well do they know you and what you bring to the yes. table. And that could include your senior management, right? That it,
0: could just be actually not just an it could be a company,
1: it could be a company. A company,
0: if a company performs and the individuals perform like it collectively, you're very powerful,
1: yeah, exactly. Is this
0: your formula?
1: Yes, yes, it is beautiful, yeah. And I've seen, I've, I've ta- and actually, um. I've had a first uh, cohort that, that uh, took this training with me last year, late last year, mm-hmm. and I saw success stories come out and testimonials come out of that because I don't think that people had, had almost a formulaic uh, yeah, I, version I of Absolutely. this. Absolutely.
0: So you could do a workshop on that to my staff, right?
1: I would love to, yeah. Okay. I would love and to. how long
0: would the workshop last on average?
1: Uh, it's typically a four to six hour workshop depending on how many people because it, sure. it could take time.
0: Sure. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure, really, really enlightening. And um, I'm going to, if you don't mind, work with you. I would love to. I'm that. going to use your services for my company. And I would love to show you our training center, I would, which I would has love been that. built to be a fun place where. Because I'm dyslexic, and <laughs> in any training center, that I, I either fall asleep or just want to run out. So I created a room where your eyes never fall asleep. The room is fun and f- informative. and uh, I'd love to show you, see if it's right for the, maybe the new generation, see if they like it. Would that be okay? That
1: would be wonderful. Amazing. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure talking to you. Thank, thank you so you. much for, uh, for bringing me on here and allowing me to share my story with you.
0: If anybody wants thank you, it's an honor. The honor is ours. If anybody wants to contact you, I know you shared a, your website with us. Is there an email address? Is there...
1: Yeah, the email address is very easy. It's hello at nehasahani.com. How
0: do they spell your name?
1: N-E-H-A-S-A-H-A-N-I.com.
0: Absolute pleasure meeting you. One last question. Yes. Relatively new company, just over a year, mm-hmm. or just under a year that you've been under trading. a year. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in five years? What's Where is your company know. in five years?
1: <laughs> I love being on the interviewee seat. <laughs> yes. um, in five years, I would like to work with corporations, both big and small, as well as government entities, to really start to shape where we're heading as a generation and as a society. I mean, that's actually on, on one of my uh, one of my goals uh and it's also part of the pillars i'm very future focused and i want to start to ensure that we as a society so you're so
0: seen as a leader in the field of, in
1: this field I see. Yes. would you
0: be a one-man band or would you have an organization a, a number of people working for you well
1: I sh- i'm sure you can tell from my stories i love the concept of a uh, well-functioning team so it so will you're not build
0: a team
1: i'm going to be building a team i'm already on, on on my path on doing that in fact i made a very conscientious decision Um, to hire young adults, so college graduates who are interning with me. They're part-time because I want to make sure that whatever they're doing academically uh, as well as with me is complementary and also in line with their future And you're practicing what you're preaching, right? I'm practicing what I preach.
0: Amazing. So your system's going to be scalable.
1: Yes. Yes, very much so.
0: You know what? Deep down inside, I know you'll get there and you'll surpass it.
1: Thank you so much. So
0: congratulations on the path of entrepreneurship. I think you have a lot to offer. I can't wait to have maybe a discussion after here or another day in regards to you helping Be Unique uh, get there.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dari. Thank you, Yaya.
1: Thank you. Bye.